Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. self end zone podcast i am your host hunter and i am back to defend myself and to talk a little bit of smack because i have made my comeback i am on top tied with eric but we'll get into that later i just wanted to boast right out of the gate eric how are you doing this week <laughs> uh yeah i'm good uh i'm looking forward to this week there's some there's some pretty tasty matchups and uh I got a, I got a lead to uh, try to take sole possession of and protect. So look, looking forward to it. I'm amped. Yeah, yeah. We got to defend that lead because they're coming. No, for there's, us. No, there's, there's no we. I was looking at it like mostly just myself. All right. Well, I'm coming for you too. Then, <laughs> Jason, what's up? Uh, not much, man. I'm good. Pumped up to be here. Glad Bama got a big week, big win this weekend. It was nice to watch. You know, Kiffin said, "Get your popcorn ready." And well, I had a whole fucking bag of Jiffy Pop, and it was fantastic. Jiffy Pop. Speaking of Pop, Mr. Popovich, how are you, man? I'm good, but I just got to uh, remind you of the stipulation from last week that it was a seven-day statute of limitations on your shit talking, so I'm putting a muzzle on you, man. Timmy, why are you butthurt, man? Oh, there's no butthurt, man. There's no butthurt. Last, last we spoke, we uh, we had a stark disagreement on a certain football game. I can't remember which one it was. Do you remember? Uh, I've long since forgotten about that. It was Mizzou and Boston College. Ah, Boston College. Yeah. Well, we've already established that Mizzou's a trash can from that game, so we've moved yeah, on. Yeah, I, I got some words for them here in a little bit. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was an action-packed weekend. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of college football because I went to the LSU-Auburn game. Uh, reluctantly, it was raining. The ground was disgusting. It was muddy. I just had that feeling in the back of my head that we're, we're, we're going to lose this game. It came out looking good. Um course couldn't run the ball could run the ball the whole game uh, no no new situation developing there um offensive line is completely garbage we couldn't do diddly poo we couldn't do diddly poo offensively jason help me out here man what, what the fuck's wrong well i know uh orgeron said that uh, a lot of injuries have caused them to you know not to be able to develop any chemistry up front with the offensive line but i'm not buying that i i don't really understand i don't think they have any talent at running back. Honestly, I don't. You look at some of the guys they've had in past years, I don't think anybody in their backfield stacks up to, you know, guys like Edward Solaire and people before that. I think it's a combination of not much talent in the backfield. And it's also a combination of, I think Max Johnson can sling it pretty good. And I feel like that's what they're going to be the most successful doing. No real scientific method there, but I don't know that they would be very good if they committed to the run. I'll tell you what it is, man. They don't have any firepower outside of Butte. And when you're the opposing defensive coordinator, all you're doing during that game planning session is going, hmm, all we got to do is stop this dude and we win. That's yeah. it. Which, which safety am I rolling over top on this guy? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, double up Butte and you can pretty much rely on the uh, non-creative play call coming from the from the LSU press box. Uh, maybe that is is also due to the injuries, uh, the the disgustingly boring play call. Uh, never ran a toss once, never ran the ball outside, just straight up the middle. They were stopping the run with three down linemen, and we had a total of team rushing 
11 yards. Oh, 11. Gross. 11. 11. It goes to 11. 11's good for speakers. It's not good for rushing yards. What? Yeah. When it goes to 11 on speakers, we love it. But yeah. Not, not for total rushing yards against Auburn at home on Saturday night. Maybe if they change their mascot to something involving spinal tap, it might be a workout for them. Mm, speaker box. Yeah. But LSU's got problems. They've got real, real bad problems. They can't block. The offensive line pass blocks much better than they run block, but Max Johnson, as much pressure as he's under, I think he's just under too much pressure. He's got too much on his shoulders. He's trying to do too much, and he doesn't have enough weapons, like you said, Jason, around him to do it. Uh, I think we're really starting to see the effects of the Joe Burrow and Joe Brady departure here because we have got no leadership. No one's really taking the torch to carry it. So I'm actually concerned that LSU, we might make a bowl game because we've got a bad schedule ahead of us, one of the toughest. But that said, I'm, I'm a little depressed to keep talking about this. I'd like to move on to a much better football team that's going to probably hang 80 on us. Let's talk about Alabama and Old Miss. Eric, Jason, take us through it. Well, just looking at that game, I mean, the total was 79 and a half. And, and I honestly, going into it, thought it was going to be that as well, just like everybody. And so when, you know, Alabama just really began to shut them down, and just, I mean, just roll them in the first half. It was it was pretty ridiculous to see how much speed on defense Alabama had as compared to Ole Miss. I mean, they looked inept offensively. They couldn't run the ball. They didn't really try to run the ball. Matt Corral didn't look, I mean, he his numbers weren't bad. I mean, he was really effective and efficient, but they just, Kiffin didn't do him any favors by going, I, I understand that he was playing to win by going for it on fourth down all the times that he did, but it's like you always say, Hunter, if they, if they get those fourth down calls, if they make the first down, you know, great call, great call coach. But when you don't make them, it's a great way to get blown out by a good team like that. Yeah. So first off, I, I agree. Matt Corral was good. He, he was not great. He was good. He ran for a touchdown, threw for a touchdown. He did have the one fumble, but he, you know, what, what stood out to me was like you were talking about, they made Old Miss look slow which I didn't think anyone really could do outside of maybe Alabama and Georgia. But um, yeah, Old Miss ran for like 80 yards is all. They they were really ineffective. And then as far as the fourth down play calling, uh, I, I really liked going forward on fourth and one at the five because um, you're not going to beat Alabama with field goals. You, you just aren't. The fourth and one or fourth and two at around midfield, I, I could I could be talked into either way, right? Go forward or punt it. But the last one, I think uh, the fourth and one at about your own 25 or 30, you got to kick that ball because by that point, you're already down 14, nothing. Yeah. I mean, that that's fourth quarter stuff. And that, yeah, that, that to me is really putting the whole game on that one play. Can't beat Auburn with field goals either. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> You know, you're already down 14 nothing, and as you turn the ball over there, they're 20 yards away from a three-touchdown lead, and you're done. You're not going to come back from three touchdowns on Alabama. So that that last one I didn't like much at all. The first two I was okay with, but, you know, it, it was one of those, anytime you play Alabama, it, once you give them that opening, you know, you're, you're in trouble because you're they're, they're going to take advantage. You know, every time Old Miss went forward on fourth down and didn't convert, Alabama scored. You know, Old Miss, they, they fumbled on like the first or second play of their fourth drive. And Alabama scored like three plays later, and then the game was effectively over at that point, mid-second quarter or early second quarter. Well, I'm sure Hunter would agree with this, that basically it just speaks to how little faith Kiffin has in his defense. No faith whatsoever. You know, if we punt it, they're going to score anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to stay in the SEC here. Let's move on to the next one. Georgia, Arkansas. Timmy. I do recall saying last week that I thought Georgia was going to shut them out. Yeah, you did. And they they definitely did shut them the fuck out. That was Party's over. just a brutal, got one right. a brutal defensive performance from Georgia. And they've just been a monster all year on defense. I don't know if anybody can score more than 10 points on them going down the rest of the stretch. They're just so ridiculous. It, it really wasn't about Arkansas being bad or good. It's just that. Georgia is light years ahead of where they are, um, and they've been light years ahead of everybody they've been playing this year. And I think that trend is going to continue for the rest of the year. I, I I don't see them losing anytime soon. Yeah, I don't disagree with most of what you said there. I mean, I I don't think they're just unbeatable. The thing that to me that really, I mean, they scored twenty one points in like the blink of an eye 
you know, and the game was effectively over at that point. But what really spoke volumes about the game to me is their fucking backup quarterback played. JT Daniels didn't even play. It was Bennett. And he was out there just, I mean, they didn't even miss a beat. They probably would have scored 50 plus if Daniels is out there. I don't know. I mean, you do that to a team like Arkansas, which I mean, if before the season started, we all would have set the line of Arkansas, Georgia at like minus 40. So Arkansas is a bit of a surprise. But at the same time, they've shown to be pretty decent. And I said, I was kind of worried about them going on the road after beating two backup quarterbacks with, you know, A&M in Texas. And the party is over for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they broke the streak of beating backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Georgia, to me, I said it, I think the last time I was on with you guys a couple of weeks ago, to me, Georgia is the clear cut number one, not to take anything from Alabama. Alabama's a fine football team. They look great. They can do it all. But the defense of Georgia just looks next level. It 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 looks like they could just be in every one of those players could be playing in the NFL right now. Unstoppable. If if they get a good jump on you, you're toast. You you don't stand a chance. Interested to see what happens going forward though. Um we're gonna we're gonna jump out of the SEC here. We're gonna jump into which I mean, I, I think I've seen this this coming. We've all seen this game coming eventually. The the Notre Dame loss. We knew they were gonna lose one. And they came up against a really good Cincinnati team, lost 24-13, didn't watch the game. But Timmy, did you watch this one? I know you like to watch Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, I watched this game. And I'm not going to you know, try to take anything away from Cincinnati here, but this game wasn't about Cincinnati being good, beating a, a top-ranked Notre Dame team. This was about how poorly Notre Dame has played all year. And like you said, this one's been written on the wall all year. You know, Cincinnati did well enough to win the game, but it was Notre Dame's shortcomings that ultimately contributed to that loss, in my opinion. When you got a senior quarterback in Jack Cohn that's supposed to be the leader of your team, and you're in the fifth week of the season, and you come out of halftime and you put his ass on the bench, that's just a dagger, man. Throwing freshmen and sophomore in there trying to give you a spark against a, a scrappy group of five team that historically has been pretty good. It just doesn't say a lot about the state of your program and the confidence that you have going forward the rest of the year, in my opinion. And I think we're going to see a, a continued downward trend in Notre Dame the rest of the year where they're probably going to lose two or three more games, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we got a long road for Notre Dame. I mean, they had a lot of hype going in. That's I think I say it every week. This is why I hate preseason polls. Notre Dame should have never been that high. I, I, I don't think they're currently, I don't think they should be where they're at. What are they right now? 14? They are 14. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they don't look like a the 14th best team in college football. There's plenty of other teams playing, playing much better ball. Like, uh, well, let's talk about it. Kentucky. Jason, did you watch that one? I did watch most of that one. Uh, I, I was really impressed with the uh, Stoops. I, you know, I know uh, we we'll get to it a little bit in the picks because I know Timmy took Florida and he said he liked them by multiple scores. But uh, would would they be someone that you would think would know anything? Stoops has been known to lay an egg here and there, but you know they were up for that game, man. You know, Kentucky looked really impressive. Pleasantly surprised after the way they've struggled with some of these lesser teams like East Tennessee State and South Carolina, but they were up for that, man. The defense played great and. I mean, looking forward, I think LSU's in trouble this week. Yeah, I ain't going to lie, man. I was sleeping on Kentucky. They impressed me last week. Shit. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but I was dogging Kentucky preseason. I told They suck. <laughs> yeah. Jason, I think you agreed I, with me. They I did suck. agree with you. I, I never crushed them, but at the same time, I was like, eh, we'll see. You know, but I didn't have a lot of faith. I, I still don't know that I do. I mean, they, they, I, I watched parts of that game and they, they played well, but if you look at their season as a whole, they're kind of, you know, they have a bubble about to burst type feel to them for me. I mean, they, up until Florida, they hadn't played a soul. Now their two biggest wins is Mizzou and South Carolina, and we all know the state of those programs. Right. They beat Missouri by seven. They beat South Carolina by six. They beat UT Chattanooga by five. I don't care who you play. You know, they're, they're minus nine on turnover margin for the year. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know how they're five and oh. Well, regardless of what happens this week, the party's over next week because they go on the road to Georgia and they're going to get throttled in that game. Oh, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one's going to get ugly. That, that turnover margin is going to get bigger. Yeah, I mean, 
I was sitting here watching this game and I was at a casino. I was actually sitting at a blackjack table and I would glance up every now and then and they had this game on and it just looked like a sloppy game. I mean, I didn't watch it in detail, but, and just, I'm looking at it right now, the the box score for this thing. Kentucky had 224 total yards to Florida's 382. Uh, it just seems like an opportunistic win rather than, you know, it, it looks like Florida to me on paper outplayed Kentucky, but again, turnovers, time of possession, Florida's Florida's there. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they. Florida should have won. Florida ran 13 plays in the red zone in their last two drives, and they came away with three points. Ugh, like can't do that. Like Kentucky was one of eight on third down. Like every like peripheral indicator you would look at to see who won a game, like none of it matches the final score. It is really weird. I think what we sort of see there too, though, is you know what we talked about a little bit after the Penn State Auburn game. Man, his home field advantage is a real fucking thing. Kentucky's crowd was crazy. They rushed the field after the win. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I think it's more of a factor this year than it's been, I would say, in recent memory. You must think I'm dumb. Just can't remember the, I mean, Kentucky though, home field advantage at Kentucky and Lexington, where they hold like 40,000 people. I mean, they, they went nuts, you know, tore down goalposts and everything. Yeah. It's, I mean, 50,000 people can still be really fucking loud. Yeah. They had a good crowd there. I don't know how, like, the, like you're saying, the capacity of the stadium, but they had a good crowd there and they, <laughs> I just looked it up. 40,500. What a guess. Well, you should know that. But uh, yeah, all 40,000 rushed the field. That was- uh, Yeah, every single one of them. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even fill up the field. But hey, you know, let's uh, <laughs> let's gonna, move on to our, gotta, our next he's segment. He's got to throw shade at them some fucking how to say that they suck, regardless of what happens. Kentucky sucks. We'll find out. They suck. We suck. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. They're a mirage. Thank you. Maybe that'll be a freezing cold take here in about six weeks, but yeah, I don't. Be very on brand for them to lay an egg from here on out. Yeah. Yeah. Just like every other ranked team. Yeah. Well, let's get into studs and duds. Jason, take me through. Give me your, give me your studs and duds of the week. Yeah. So uh, my stud and my dud, I'm going to, my stud is B. John Robinson from Texas. Dude has been just outrageous lately. I mean, in that game against TCU, he had 35 carries, 216 yards, two TDs. I mean, after the loss at Arkansas, like Casey Thompson took over and they've been leaning on him extremely hard in the last three games. He's averaging 7.8 yards a carry in his last three games. Dude's just, nobody's had an answer for him. So it's a lot of yards, man. They, they better hope for some more of that this week against OU. But, oh boy, my dud. I'm calling out the entire Missouri defense and their defensive coordinator. Uh, On their home field, mind you, they allowed, I would say, an average Tennessee team to rack up 683 total yards and 458 on the ground. Tennessee's running backs averaged 7.8 yards a carry. Good Lord. I mean, Steve Wilkes, I know... That he's known for like in his 14 year NFL tenure is like, you know, a big pass defense specialist. But Jesus, at this point, they should just change the pronunciation of their name to the Misery Tigers because they fucking suck. We suck. I like it. They do suck, don't they, Timmy? Trash can. Indeed. And I appreciate them for it. So, studs and duds. Eric, who is it? For stud, I'm going to go with Tyler Algier, running back from BYU. They beat Utah State by a couple of touchdowns the other night. He had 22 carries for 218 and three scores. And then as an added bonus, he caught three balls for another 22 yards just to, for a nice round number. And then for Dud, young Mr. Uh, Tangavailoa uh, over in Maryland. Oh, God. I mean, that was ugly. 16 of 29 for 157 yards. He did throw two touchdowns, uh, which was outweighed by his five, count them, five interceptions. Uh, and they got they got absolutely curb stomped by Iowa at home, and he possibly could have played worse, but I don't know how much worse he he really could have played. I mean, it was it was bad. Uh, I would like to have everybody's attention. Oh, court is now in session. <sighs> I knew it. Here we go, Jason. Here we go. You now stand accused of saying that young Tagovailoa would show up and uh, perform against Iowa. How do you plead? <laughs> Well, first off, I need to interrupt. I need to interrupt this as as overseeing this case. I will assign Mr. Eric as Jason's attorney. You may proceed. Okay, Your Honor. I will. Your Honor. I'll be defending myself in this matter. First of all, yeah, yeah. Mm. Please do. I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> uh, I plead not guilty uh, because, first of all, Tonga Vailoa going into this game had been pretty much fucking perfect. 
10 touchdowns to one pick. The one pick wasn't even his fault. It was deflected. There was no indicator that that guy would show up and throw five picks. I understand that Iowa has a great defense and they create a lot of turnovers, but nobody in America, it was a four and a half point line for a reason. So I don't think I'm crazy to say that Maryland could have had a chance in that game. Your Honor, I have an objection and I would like to introduce into evidence last week's podcast where I stated quite eloquently that Maryland had played nobody up until this point. I rest my case. (laughs) I think you're supposed to say sustained. (laughs) Sustained. Your Honor, I'd like a continuation. I'm ready to rule. Fuck. Jason, after reviewing the evidence submitted by the prosecution, West Virginia 30 to 24 Illinois 20 to 17, Kent State 37 16, followed by the loss at home to Iowa 51 14. You stand guilty as charged. So, firing squad. I got no defense. Death by hanging. I got no defense. I'll just take my shots. I'm totally embarrassed and totally ashamed. This court is adjourned. Well, now that that's behind us. Timmy, who's your studs and duds? So my stud is uh, Tanner McKee, who uh, went 20 for 36 for 230 yards and three touchdowns against the number three team in the country or the alleged number three team in the country. But nonetheless, I thought he played really well. I'm just super butthurt that he didn't pull that kind of performance and win out of out of the bag last week when, uh, when I picked Stanford to upset UCLA for my upset pick. So there's that. But on... The dud side of the house, I uh, already mentioned Jack Cohn with a, a quite abysmal performance going 14 of 22 for 114 yards and a pick and the one half of football that he played because his ass sat on his bench for the rest of the game. That's pretty embarrassing as the senior leader of that football team. Uh, stick a fork in him. I think he might have lost his job last week. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Can't disagree with you. Jason. We're not going to go back into court, but do you want to rebuttal that or you agree with what he said? I bet on Notre Dame. They screwed me. So, no. I hope they lose mm. every game from here on out, personally. <laughs> not going to lie. I kind of set you up on that yeah. one. I'm sorry. That a boy. Yeah. Thanks a lot. But, uh, yeah. Now, let, let's look ahead to a couple of things. Let's let's talk about the Heisman. Who's the front runner right now? Uh, Eric, let's, let's say top two, top three, but, you know, who do you think is the leader? There's only two. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's only two. I think the third. Is there? Yeah. Probably. I, I think you're, it's a two-horse race between... Between Corral and Young. You don't think anybody else stands a chance? Everybody else is there just to fill out the ballot. I think C.J. Stroud has probably a distant third. Now, he's, he's going to have opportunities to kind of bump himself up those rankings because they're going to play a lot of big games. And if he, you know, he, he does well in those, you know, he, he might move up. But yeah, I think I would go with Bryce Young personally. And I think most people would do the same. But do you really think C.J. Stroud has the potential as a freshman to win the Heisman potential sure yeah I mean it could happen like if Johnny Manziel level yeah I mean if they win you know, out and he keeps putting up just stupid numbers and takes them to the playoff I mean it, yeah sure it's possible yeah I, I, I think one thing that's got gotten lost in their home loss to Oregon back in week two or three or whatever it was is Ohio State still controls their own destiny 100% and he threw for like 500 yards in that game so it wasn't his fault yeah I, I mean it's you know, he doesn't play linebacker, unfortunately. So you really can't pin it on him, but he's going to have games against Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, probably Iowa if they if they get there, the championship game. He, he's going to have plenty of chances to make his mark and, and move up. But for now, he's a distant third. I think the race is still wide open, hmm. honestly. I mean, yeah, Young is the odds on favorite in Vegas right now to win it. Corral, you know, a second to that. But I'm going to throw a dark horse at you guys. I mean, Bijan Robinson from Texas. That's kind of what I was getting at. What if they just keep winning and he keeps averaging eight yards a carry? I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say that he could slide up in there. I think he's seventh or eighth on the list right now. I mean, if they go and beat OU and he has a big game, wait for it. He'll be in the top three or four. Yeah, probably. I mean, outside of the quarterbacks, I think it's him and the Walker kid from Michigan State are really the only non-quarterbacks who are going to have a chance to be in the discussion. I mean, the way I see it is is if Bryce Young keeps playing the way he's playing and somehow Alabama manages to meet Georgia in the title game, I don't know how you trump that. Can we all just agree that even at Dr. Thunder is is currently fifth on the list, the list that I'm looking at? How is he even on the list? Exactly. I mean, he went from... Heisman candidate, potential favorite. favorite. To, yeah, favorite is the word. Yeah, Eric bought his plane tickets to New York. and <laughs> Yeah, I did. And no one told me no either. Like so. he doesn't even deserve to be named after a 
I threw a, a, an off-brand soda at this point. Damn. No, he's like an Kind of like the toilet paper that you get. Like you buy the off-brand toilet paper that the plies come apart when you go to use it and it doesn't even work. Sandpaper. Yeah. It just, just doesn't take shit from anybody, man. That's Spencer Rattler, ladies and gentlemen. Average quarterback. He's like a diet flavored sparkling water now. Ugh. Yeah. Like, like, like that nasty stuff they drink in France. Perrier. <laughs> no, not even the name brand shit. Like, With no tonic. Fake LaCroix. No gin. LaCroix. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fake LaCroix. <laughs> Faux Croix. Okay. Well, we're going to stay in the future here before we come back to the present. Playoffs. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. Top four. Who we, who we have right now? Who's the be- the four best teams? Jason, you go first. Well, I think it's one and two, Alabama, Georgia, however you view those teams. You know, I mean, one or two doesn't really matter. After that. 1A and 1B. Yeah, 1A, 1B. And then after that, man, it's a big pile of shit. Like Penn State and Iowa play this week. They're three and four. One of them's going to drop. Somebody's going to jump up in there. Don't know who the fuck it is. Don't really care because they'll probably end up losing two. At this point, I feel like the gap between those top two teams and everybody else is so wide. I don't know. I think we'll you find could, out more. You could more. fly an airplane through it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like we'll find out more when we see Penn State and Iowa play. You play to win the game. I think I, I said this a couple of weeks ago, but the SEC championship game is going to be the national title game. And we'll probably see a rematch come after the playoffs are finished because somebody's got to win Alabama or Georgia in the SEC title game. And uh, if one of those teams is undefeated and the other one has the one loss to the number one team, they've got to get in, right? 100%. Yeah, I was actually talking to a, a, a fellow dad at my daughter's volleyball practice the other night. And he mentioned, he's like, yeah, you know, it's, I think Georgia will win, you know, go undefeated in the regular season because they don't play, they don't play Alabama. And I told him, I was like, well, they're probably going to play them twice this year. Like, I, I get that they're not scheduled, probably playing twice like if i had to bet i, I would say there's a 90 percent chance that they do play twice unless the only reason i can see one of them not making the playoff is if in the sfc championship game one of them just gets blown out completely embarrassed and you have three other undefeated teams you know ready to step in but at the rate we're going i don't even know if that's going to work maybe kentucky well i think the more interesting part of this conversation is is if cincinnati stays status quo do they get in cincinnati could go 18 and 0 and they will not get in it doesn't matter what they do they're a group of five team and the bottom line is that it's about money and nobody wants to watch cincinnati play alabama nobody wants to fucking watch that game because it'll be a fucking beat down nobody wants to see it playoff committee don't want to see it it's not going to happen they could schedule 10 extra games and it wouldn't fucking matter I'm kind of in disagreement with you there because I think there's been enough clamoring about it in the past that this year might be the year that they get in. Well, I hope it is. I swear to God I do. I hope Alabama goes undefeated, obviously, and I hope that Cincinnati slides in at four just so we can steamroll them and be like, shut the fuck up. Because I'm tired of hearing about it. We saw it with UCF in the past. Fucking LSU went down there and just strapped them. I'm sick of hearing about it. So, yeah, good job. You beat Notre Dame, but don't talk to me about the fucking playoffs. Kidding me? Going up against fucking Georgia or Alabama? Give me a break. Come on. Well, I mean, you could say that about any of the other teams on this list, but. Yeah, I mean, I like their chances against Alabama or Georgia just as much as I like Oklahoma's chances or Michigan's chances or probably even Oregon. So it's weird because Cincinnati's five, but they, they do not in any way control their own destiny, even if they went out. They're they're going to need help, right? They're going to need a lot of help. They're going to need Oklahoma to lose a game, which I'm sure they'll get. They're going to need Ohio State probably to lose again. I, I think a one loss Ohio State team that wins the Big Ten bumps out Cincinnati. Any one loss Power Five will go over them. Yeah, so I mean they're in a good spot now, but this truthfully five it might be. I mean if they win, they'll probably move to four and jump whoever loses Iowa Penn State game. But I don't think they'll actually make the playoffs. Can we just pause for a minute and uh, acknowledge that your boy over there at Michigan, Harbaugh, is pulling the Knight Rider maneuver, riding in the black car with the headlights off, sneaking up the highway on the rankings list over here. His his foot stuck on the gas pedal because his pants are too stark. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to get a big test this week. Why is that? They're playing fucking Nebraska. I don't know, man. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska sucks. We suck. It, well, Nebraska just finished up taking Michigan State to overtime. They lost to Oklahoma by a score. They're they're almost starting to look like they might be more competent than we gave them credit for. Mm. Not much, but makes a good point. I ain't buying it. Yeah. Well, 
We'll find out then, I guess, this week, right? Don't get me wrong. I got no faith in Harbaugh. Wouldn't shock me to see Nebraska beat him, but that doesn't mean Nebraska's good. That just means Michigan sucks, too. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> okay, well, that's enough. That's enough Harbaugh hate, even though I, I love to hate Harbaugh. Don't get me wrong, but we got a fucking podcast to record. So, and I want to get onto these picks because I, I need to redeem myself here. Um, so last week, Jason, you took Kansas State 10 and a half point favorite and you hit that one. Yeah, I hit it on a, I hit it on a backdoor cover. Uh, kickoff return for a touchdown with like two minutes left. That was the only thing that saved face for me for the week. Yeah, that was an accident. It's a hell of a way to avoid the uh, 0-4 action, but uh, you you foolishly took LSU at, at four and a half point favorite and obviously missed. Notre Dame, you took them as a two and a half point favorite and you missed there as well as we covered earlier. Uh, Maryland <laughs> and Iowa, <laughs> you picked them to upset Iowa and well, but we all know how that happened, um, how that turned out. Do you do you want to defend yourself? No, there's no there's no appeals here. There's none. We had to record on a Monday. It was a day early, and I just wasn't prepared. I had to shoot from the hip. I sat there looking at picks and picking them as we were were recording. So I'm gonna claim uh, temporary unpreparedness, and uh, yeah, I'm prepared this week. Gonna do better. Gonna turn it around. That pick is the equivalent of the YouTube video where the dad gets hit in the nuts with the wiffle ball bat. <laughs> mm, okay. Well, we're going to move on to Eric's picks. Eric, you you had UCF as a 15-point favorite over Navy. How'd that turn out for you? Uh, the Gus bus uh, stalled out. I don't know if they need to get some fuel injectors pop tested or something. It, it was going well, smooth sailing, easy trip, and then... Uh, it just kind of died, and they didn't really do anything from about mid-third quarter on, and Navy actually came back and won. So congratulations to the midshipmen. Yeah. They need to put some gum out in that engine or something, man. It's running, running rough. Yeah. Not like the first week we saw versus Boise where I thought you and I were both correct on the Gus bus, and we were quickly proven otherwise over the last few weeks because that thing has stalled. They are who we thought they were. True. Very true. Louisville, Creek Forest, 61 and a half. You bet the over, that hit. Yeah. Boston College, 15 and a half point favorite or to cover versus Clemson. That hit. And uh, you had Virginia over Miami. I didn't like that pick, but man, you hit it, man. That was that was impressive. I, I didn't. Lo- nice round. I didn't love that pick. I, I was there was not a lot of easy picks this week as far as upsets. I did not love watching that game. Oh, boy, that game was rough. I, don't, I mean, Miami probably doesn't deserve any more airtime than than they've already gotten. But that was. So I I should not have gotten those two points. Uh, Manny Diaz just completely shit that game right down his leg about four different ways. But um, yeah, I am the beneficiary of his ineptitude. So thanks, Manny. Yeah, that was just horrible coaching and decision making on his part at the end of the game. I, I, I just can't fathom how you're not going to try to punch that ball in with as much time as you had left. I, I just can't fathom it. Or at least try to get it closer. Right. You know, choose some more clock while you run the ball and then, you know, punch it in with, you know, 30 or 40 seconds left. I just don't understand the thought process there at yeah. all. I mean, I, I get not wanting to score with two minutes left, you know, but just saying at the two minute mark when you're first and 10 at the 14 to just stop trying to score and play for the field goal from that point. Like, how, how does he not have assistant coaches screaming in his ear? Like, I, I don't know. I, I was just I was baffled. Yeah, you don't put it in your kicker's hands. You just don't do it. Yeah, maybe when you're in the NFL and you got Justin Tucker, you know, fucking automatic over here. But right, well, I, and I was just gonna say, even in the NFL, you know, like I'm, I'm a Vikings fan. They did that this year, like in week two, yeah, it off the upright. Yeah, they got down to like the 18, and like, yeah, they had time for maybe two more plays, and they just didn't do it. They're like, okay, yeah, we're we're here, we're good. You know, a, a lot of times coaches treat it like they have a number in mind, right, for for a guy's range that day. Like, okay, you know, 51 or whatever, 48, whatever the number is. And they approach it like anything inside that number has like an equal chance of being good. Like he's just as likely to hit from 48 as he is from 26. And he's not. Mm -hmm. So yeah, first and 10 at the 14, two minutes left, and you settle for a 33-yard field goal. You deserve to lose. Yeah. We got to move on to Timmy though here. Um, Timmy, see, and I want to talk about this just for a second. You had Iowa as a four-point favorite. Going back to this Maryland game, I think this is where people just get it wrong. So wrong. Like 
a four-point favorite, this is a no-brainer bet right here. I mean, considering the the lack of pedigree that Maryland had going into this game, they played nobody. Yet Vegas treated them as if they were a somebody because they had all the wins, right? Is is that a pretty good assumption? That's what I'm saying. I mean, I think Vegas probably played Iowa as an overhyped, you know, overranked team, which, you know, they may in fact be, but they're not bad enough where they should have only been a four point favorite over Maryland. Right. And that's what I was I mean, seeing. Iowa has proven to be a, a, a real football team, like can probably play with anybody. I'm not saying they can beat anybody, but they can play with anybody. Yeah, but with Maryland, I'm telling you guys, with Maryland, you never know what you're going to get. Like, th- I look back. I look back a couple of years ago. You've already been charged guilty. Yeah, of this, and that's man. why I'm telling you, I'm guilty of it for this reason. I looked back a couple of years ago, and a similar situation happened. I don't know if Timmy may remember the game. It was like same thing. Maryland was like a three or four point dog against Penn State, and everybody was like, "Oh well, you know, Maryland they might win." Blah blah blah. A bunch of people predicted the upset. Penn State beat them like sixty nine to nothing. Nice. So I mean, they they've been known to do it, and so I should have known better than to take them. Oh, there there's the remorse. Yeah, I just think there's so much turnover in college football, man, that you can't you can't look at stuff that happened two three years ago and, and think that it's going to happen again. You've got an entirely different group of kids there. Same coaches though. Yeah, at least that's true. That is true. You got me there. I'll admit it. Screw you. All right. <laughs> you picked Florida. Um, Eight and a half point favorite. We all saw the outcome of that one. We talked about it earlier. Yeah. I can't believe you actually bet on Michigan to cover this one and hit. What were you thinking going into this? Well, if you listen to last week's podcast, I said that it pained me very deeply, but I'm slowly coming to the realization that Harbaugh and Michigan has their shit somewhat together this year, and they're not going to be as terrible as we all thought. I still don't think they're good enough to beat Ohio State this year, but I think that they're probably going to hover around that nine or ten win mark. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can say that they're not good enough to beat Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State hasn't really looked that good, and they handled Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan handled them. So if I had to bet it right now, I would take Michigan to beat Ohio State as it stands. Where, where are they playing this year? Oh, they're they're playing at the Big House. Irrelevant. Is History it? says that Harbaugh can't beat them no matter where they play. And until it happens, I'm not going to bet or lay any actual money on that. Well, why don't you go ask the 40,500 fans in Lexington, Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. Louisville over Wake Forest. You missed badly. That, that was a terrible pick, dude. Spends a whole offseason crushing Eric about Louisville and then takes them to beat Wake Forest. Right. Right, I was thinking it when I listened to it last week. I've spent more time crushing Wake, and that that's what the pick was based off of. I'm still not a believer in Wake. We'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. Okay. Well, I'll tell you, Wake's gonna tell you Wake's gonna go over their seven that you gave me all that shit about. Yeah, they may end up doing that. I'll give you that. Well, real quick through my picks: uh, Georgia, Arkansas, under forty-eight. We hit there. Bama, Ole Piss. The the over under was eighty on this one, and to me. I just didn't see Ole Miss scoring that many points against Alabama, and that was an easy pick in my opinion. I was sweating a little bit toward the end, um, but we got there. Um, picked Stanford to beat Oregon. That was a complete guess. I'm not going to sit here and act like I saw something that was a complete and utter guess. Yeah, well, um, that's not what you were saying in the group chat. You were over there posting money ball shit. Of course you not. Were over there like, oh yeah, I knew that shit was of coming. Of course. It was in the numbers. Well, all the other ones were Moneyball, but this one was a pure guess because there was so difficult. I, I thought you were leaning on Stanford's 4-1 and one record versus top three teams since 2007 when you made that pick. No, I wasn't. I didn't even look at it, man. Hey, you just just watch out for your, your little Moneyball you know, scheme you got going on here because like I told you, man, Billy Bean choked it off in the playoffs when it mattered the most, so... Might yeah, have well, the same fate. I got the most on base percentage. So what's up? And then we all know how the LSU Auburn game turned out. Uh, I was going to pick them to go four and a half point favorite LSU. And Jason reminded me that that was his pick. So I ended up taking the over. In hindsight, that was a terrible decision because we suck. We suck. <laughs> um, so let's let's get into the picks uh, before we close out the show this week. We'll do a round robin. Jason, we'll start with you. Give me your first pick. All right. For pick numero uno, 
Uh, BYU is currently a six-point favorite at home against Boise State, two and three Boise State. BYU destroyed them a year ago. It would be very on-brand for this year for BYU to get some clout and then choke it off, but I don't know. I got faith that uh, the Mormons will pull it out and cover six points against uh, the Blue Smurfs, so give me BYU at home, minus six. Nicely done. Nice pick. Timmy. First game, I'm going to lock in Oklahoma and Texas. I'm going to take Texas with the points at three and a half here. I don't know who the fuck keeps making OU a favorite, but it needs to stop and stop right now. Their offense can't do anything, and I don't believe that they're going to do anything against Texas. They suck, and I think Texas boat races them. (laughs) You know, Texas is the first actual legitimate program that Oklahoma is going to play this year, and I think it could get ugly. I feel strong about this now, really strong. Mm. I I agree with you on the favoritism. I mean, Oklahoma's always a favorite every year. Even if you didn't have any information on their team, you didn't know who was on it, who the coach was, they're still going to be top 10 regardless in the preseason polls. And I think that's the only reason they are where they are because they really haven't been impressive against anybody, in my opinion, especially Sir Dr. Thunder. Eric, give me your first pick. Uh, First pick, I'm going to take Coastal Carolina. They are a 19 and a half point favorite over Arkansas State. So I'm going to lay those 19 and a half points and take the Shants. They uh, they average 48 points per game. Arkansas State in four games against FBS opponents this year have averaged 52 points allowed. Mm. They've given up 50 plus three times. They they are bad at playing defense. (laughs) So I I think Coastal is going to score probably somewhere in the 56 to 60 range. And I don't think Arkansas State can put 40 up on them. So, yeah, give me, you know, take take those points and give me the the Chanticleers. Mm. Nice. Well, my first pick to me, this one stuck out like a sore thumb. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I had to wipe my eyes and look again. But Iowa is a two-point favorite against Penn State. Give me those points. Penn State's going to cover here. You son of a bitch. I got you, buddy. I, I agree with this pick here, man. Neither of these two teams has really played any upper-tier talent. And, you know, they both very well could be overhyped and overranked. But at the end of the day, I'm more bought into this Penn State team than I am this Iowa team. I think their mm-hmm. defense is clicking on all cylinders. I think Sean Clifford's finally got his shit together. And the eyeball test says Penn State is a better football team. Yep, I would agree. Agree on all points. Um, Jason, are you ready to make your second pick? Yeah, I'm going to take pick number two here. Give me Arkansas at Ole Miss. I'm going to take the total. Give me over 66. I think God Ole Miss it, is off. Jason. Yep. I'm Eric, sorry, I'm taking that Ole Miss over from you again. I think Arkansas can score against a team like Ole Miss, maybe not against Georgia, and Ole Miss can score against Arkansas, just not Bama. So I think both of these offenses get right after taking two shellackings. And I think it's a track meet, man. So give me the over sixty six. Arkansas Ole Miss. It's a smart pick. I like where your head's at. Good strategy there. Yeah. Timmy. All right, man. I'm sorry. I'll say that right now, but give me uh, Kentucky (laughs) minus three at LSU. LSU's just got too many problems on offense uh, to give me any face. They'll be able to put points on the boards to cover this three points. Mm. Kentucky's been a perfect five and oh against the spread this year. So I like that. And uh, I think they're going to make it six and oh against the Tigers. Mm. Son of a bitch. Hope you get diarrhea. All right. Well, you, you was going to pick Kentucky minus three, too? Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> kidding me? You kidding me? Eric, who's your second pick? Oh, I was close to taking the under 51 because both of these teams, their strength is running the ball, not passing. Um, and they both play pretty good defense. But 51 isn't quite high enough for me. So I'm just going to lay the points and I'm going to take the fighting Harbaugh's of Michigan to beat Nebraska by four or more. Mm, that's a safe that's pick. The- that's very That's safe. That's a really safe pick. It really well, is. Well, Nebraska's played everyone much, much closer than they were given credit for all year. So That's true. True. They can play with anybody so far. Which is probably why the line is three and a half instead of, you know, you would think it maybe be closer to like eight or nine based on records. But um, yeah, I think, I think Michigan can be a touchdown better than those guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do this. Um, I was hoping you wouldn't take this one earlier, but uh, Jason, you bet the over. 
and I started looking at it, I was going to do the same, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take the points with Arkansas. Arkansas is a six point dog here. I think they cover. Mm. I think they're good enough. I'm not saying they're going to win. You play to win the game, but I think they're going to cover at least. You guys disagree? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's hard to, I feel like Ole Miss and Kiffin will toss respond up. just fine. Cause I mean, they, you know, they went on the road and played Bama and whatever. They, it's like I said, Corral wasn't bad. They just got smothered. So I think Arkansas's defense, not nearly as good. I don't know. I, I don't like Arkansas's ability to stop them, but Ole Miss's defense isn't good. So I, it's, it's a toss up, man. I, I got exactly. nothing on who's actually going to win. I just think both teams are going to score a shit ton of points. Well, well, if you if right, you think and in it's a game a this close, yeah, if you think it's a toss up, then take those points by all means. Exactly. If if, if, if it's good, if teams are this close to one another, and I get a six point margin, yeah, I'll I'll take that all day long, if, especially if I don't have to pick the winner. So that's where I'm going to go with this one. Jason, round us off with your third pick. Third pick's an easy one, man. Going back to the well. Liberty minus 19 and a half over Middle Tennessee. Give it to oh me. Oh, my God. Chalk it up. I'm going to keep betting on him. He's got a picture of... I don't give a shit. Got a picture of Hugh Freeze on his mantle of yep, fire. Sorry. Yep. I'm, like, I didn't take him last week. They covered against UAB. Crushed him. So, they're going to thump Middle Tennessee. Minus 19 and a half. I'll take it. It's easy money. You might be on a loser there, oh, yeah. weak man. Okay. Well, we'll I mean, see. Middle Tennessee is a little bit scrappy. They can play a little bit of football. I'm just saying. They're two and three. But they suck. Well, they hung with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech sucks. <laughs> okay. Uh, wouldn't say they suck. They're three and one. Wouldn't say they. We'll see how good they are this week when they play a crappy Notre Dame team. Wait for it. Uh, I figured that. <laughs> Timmy, go ahead. Uh, for my third and final pick, um, I'm going to take the Virginia-Louisville game. The over-under is at 69.5. I'm going to take the over. Both Virginia and Louisville uh, are averaging 34 and 32 points per game, respectively. Um, so it's very apparent both teams are capable of lighting up the scoreboard. Um, and I don't think either of these defenses is very good. And I think it's just going to be one of them old fashioned shootouts between Brennan Armstrong and Malik Cunningham. And you can probably sprinkle in about a half dozen pick sixes in there as well to contribute to the scoreboard. Mm, sound judgment. Eric, you agree with that? I do. I like that one. I think it's going to, I, th- yeah. I think this Virginia Louisville game is going to be uh, very, very similar to the Wake Forest Louisville game that, that I yeah. went over on last week. I think it's going to be, some you know 40 37 37 34 type game i i think he's i think he's good here yeah well give us your third one. Oh well since arkansas and old miss is completely out of play for me now i guess i will take wake minus six over syracuse i'm gonna mm. i'm gonna keep going back to the wake forest well they keep giving them a lot of love but syracuse i guess because they beat liberty i don't know i don't feel like they should be a only six here i i, I like that line yeah, I mean, they just got done losing to Florida State. So, like, what? I mean, what are we doing here? Like, they're going to go. Yeah. They're, they're well, they're not on the road. I guess they're they're at Syracuse, but they're going to they're going to play a five and O team. I, I don't know. Yeah, six points. I can't pass it up. Yeah. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and round us off with our picks before we get into the upsets. I'm going to go with Georgia Auburn forty five and a half. I'm taking the over. I think Georgia's too strong. I think Auburn's going to get lucky and score a few points, but I think they're going to get forty five and a half. I mean, Georgia's just they're going to absolutely dominate Auburn and they're going to be able to run the football at will. I think, I think they're going to be able to throw it. Um, like I said, Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix was making Johnny Manziel type of plays against granted. I know it was LSU, but he seems to have really come on this year. He's super athletic, super quick, makes a lot of guys miss. Not saying he's going to put up a ton of points against Georgia, but they'll put up enough to get over 45 and a half. And that's going to get us into upset picks, Jason. Well, I'm lucky I'm going first here because you guys are probably all going to try to take this one. Give me Texas to beat Oklahoma. End of story. Mm, Done. Timmy. I only took that one for one point, so you're probably going to get two out of that. But I saved my upset pick to uh, put on my Homer Simpson hat here. I was waiting for this. Yep. The Hokies are going to beat Notre Dame. Everybody saw the return of the Terror Dome week one against North Carolina. That place is going to be on fire. Justin Fuentes had an extra week with the bye week to prepare for Notre Dame. I think they've been in the lab working out some kinks on offense, uh, and I like them to come out and put it on the Irish. You know, Notre Dame's got questions all over the place, especially at quarterback, like we mentioned earlier. Um, I think the Tech defense is going to be too much for them, and I'm taking it to the bank. 
I like that pick. I was going to take it myself, but I had a backup just in case. Eric, who's your upset alert? Well, my first, believe it or not, my first four uh, upset kind of picks when I narrowed it down have all been taken in one one form or another. So uh, I hate to do it to you, Hunter, because I think you might be angling for this one. But uh, to the victor go the spoils. I'm going to take LSU to go into Kentucky and come out with a W. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Eric, I was going to take that pick, but I'm also a homer. And um, I didn't feel good about that pick. So you might regret making that pick because uh, LSU, we suck. We suck. I'm going to go ahead and take Washington State to go in and upset Oregon State at four and one. I think they're overrated. Might have had a little help from Jason on this one, but I'm going to throw that out there. That's my upset alert pick. And that's going to move us in to the closing of the show. You guys want to add anything for this week before we kick it off? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> well, in case anyone was wondering how the fighting camels did, a little rough at first. They're in uh, what is Florence, right? Florence, Alabama is where UNA is. Yes, that's correct. So, uh, twenty-four to seven deficit in the second quarter. The camels uh, humped along their way to forty-one unanswered points. Uh, See what you did there. Pulled away, and they ended up winning forty-eight to I think thirty-one, thirty-one or thirty-something, thirty-four, something like that. So they are. Uh, they will be heading to Boiling Springs, North Carolina, to play Gardner Webb this weekend. The Running Bulldogs. Man, these small schools got to come up with some better shit. It's not as good as the Blue Hose, but you know. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, we look forward to it. Uh, Jason, where can people get in touch with us? Roast our picks. Well, roast your picks and yeah, mostly picks. mine. Yeah. So uh, you can find us on Twitter at South End Zone Pod. We're available on all podcast platforms give us a listen leave us a review tell us what you think five stars only please and uh, helps us get more content out to you guys sounds good well we're gonna get this show on the road here shortly and hopefully eric hopefully you lose all of yours and i win all of mine and i'll stay on first place and jason and timmy can stay on the bottom how about that oh god well that means lsu loses so i guess if you want to you're angling for coach o to get fired <laughs> i've accepted it actually I, i'd be good with that and the o-line coach Bring in Joe Brady, please. Clean house. Get him out. I'm not going to go on this one. I can go all day. You got, by the way, just, I'm going to put court back in session real quick. You guys all called me fucking crazy for putting Edo on the hot seat preseason. Your Honor, I stand guilty as charged. Yeah. Yep. I'm going to plead guilty. There's no need for a trial. I plead guilty. Uh, I posted bail and then subsequently went to Mexico. Yeah. Just lock me up. Fuck. I don't want to watch another game. We got to go. That's the end of the show. Thank you very much. Have a great day.